Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the view from the opposition. Newcastle face Leicester City tonight in the League Cup. And I'm joined by Jordan Blackwell, who covers Leicester home and away. He's kindly popped onto the podcast before he makes the long journey up to Tyneside. In the pouring rain, perhaps it's certainly raining up here on Tyneside. Yes, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's chucking it down here as well. So, um, yes, so that M1 is going to be nice and fun for you. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, but so hopefully it um, it slows down a little bit before tonight. But um, yes, we'll see. I'm not sure about that, but well, uh, drive safely. Um, it's a big game tonight, isn't it, for both sides? You know, Leicester um, aren't going too strongly in the league. They've picked up form, uh, you know, after a bad start to the season. But you would you say they still come into this game as underdogs? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, um, I think when you compare the two teams, um, you can you compare the form and, and how they've you know how they've done this season. I think, and even the mood around the two clubs. Um, I think everything sort of points to Newcastle being favourites to win. I don't think... I think Leicester's form before the break perhaps hid some deficiencies that they still have. Um, they just had a... Yes, they did very. They, they did do very well in some of those fixtures, but they were all fixtures against teams around them, against teams that you know, that are in the top half. They've still not won a game um, against the side in the top half. I think their record is played 10, won none, drawn one, lost nine against the teams in the top half for the first part of the season. Um, you know, so they all their wins came against Wolves and Leeds, Everton, Forest, uh, sides that were, were below them in the table or around them in the table at the time. Um so I think there are still issues there that aren't quite, um, you know, they didn't quite get back on track as much as it seemed they had done. Um, and I think that's sort of been exposed by the the run of games that they've had since returning from Christmas, obviously lost all three Premier League games, perhaps a little bit unfortunate in, in some of them, but uh, certainly not the Boxing Day game, which was well, potentially their worst performance of the season. I'd probably say Brighton away, probably sort of uh, probably takes that one, but definitely in the top two worst performances of the season. And I think many Castle fans went into that game on Boxing Day expecting a really tough game. You know, had you asked them out of the game against Leeds, which came a few days later, and the one against Leicester, they would have said Leicester was the more difficult one. They blew Leicester away, they drew against Leeds. Um, What happened on that day and, and what will change in tonight's game is it because do you think maybe that's a league game this is a cup game it's a totally different approach to to the to the 90 minutes of football yeah well I think it might change for Leicester in the sense that they know now that they can't get away with being sloppy at the start of the game and you know and not putting the effort in because you know it was all Newcastle Leicester were hopeless in the first I mean particularly in the first 10 minutes but really in the whole of the first half um in that game, 
Um, and it was unusual because I think the they before the World Cup break they had started games pretty well. I think they'd not they'd not conceded a first half goal for in the previous ten Premier League games or something like that. Then they conceded three in, in half an hour. Um but yeah, clearly they weren't switched on enough. Obviously, Rogers was was furious with it. Uh, I'm sure you saw that he cancelled the day off the following day, uh, which is the first time he's in his career that he's done that at any of his clubs. Um, which sort of showed that how annoyed he was at the, at the result and how Leicester had played. And then it just felt a little bit like, to me anyway, that they'd kind of accepted the fact that they were going to lose 3-0. And then the second half, there wasn't really, you know, maybe a couple of half chances, but nothing, you know, you wouldn't say Leicester really came on strong and, and tried to get back into the game. Um, so, yes, I think tonight's game will be very different on the basis that Leicester know they can't, you know, Leicester know they have to to pick things up. Um, I think the fact that there's less pressure on them because they are underdogs might help. Um, I think probably going into the, the Boxing Day game, maybe there was a feeling that it was, you know, it was a, a more of an even contest, and you know it could go either way. Um, whereas I think this one, it's probably seen as a as, as a game that, that Newcastle uh, are more likely to win. Um, so yeah, I think on that basis, I think that will probably help Leicester a little bit. I think Rogers said at his press conference on Monday that you know obviously that he, he talks about the Newcastle fans quite a lot and he's he's um, full of praise for them, but he um, he did say if Leicester can start well that can maybe put a little bit of tension and nervousness within the crowd um, because I think there probably will be that expectation there. I mean, you, you'll be able to answer better, Andrew, but I get the impression that I know it's been since 2005, the last time Newcastle in a domestic semi-final, it feels like their best chance, you know, given they're at home, given their form, given Leicester's injuries, it feels like Newcastle might feel this is their best chance, you know, to get to one. Yeah, 100%, but I don't think... Uh, that means they'll go into the, this game expecting to win. Of course, there's, there's a desire to get to into the semi-finals. I think actually the the shock against Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup yeah. might serve in a way as, as some uh, a, a very good wake-up call for Newcastle. You know, because they've been on this run, um, unbeaten run for so long, you can maybe get a little bit complacent. So I think maybe that might be a, a good shock to the system and just make them stand up a little bit more tonight um, than maybe they might have done had they just rolled over Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but yeah, this is Newcastle's best chance to to finally end that, that the trophy drought. Um, and but it's cup football, isn't it? You know, yeah. you just you just you just don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes when it's all set up so perfectly for you, and I can I just know my listeners here will be screaming at me, don't be so pessimistic. But sometimes. When it sets so perfectly up for you, it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Newcastle are pretty much full strength. Isaac's back as well. It can turn into a bit of a banana peel. Uh, I hope Newcastle avoid that. You mentioned there the injuries, Jordan, that Leicester are currently suffering with. Can you just give our listeners a bit of uh, information on that? Yes, so it's the eight players missing, um, of which I think Roger said five would start Um which I think probably most Leicester fans would agree with. It's between, I think some Leicester fans would say four, some would say six. But Johnny Evans would definitely be starting, but he's unavailable. Um, they've got James Justin, 
and Ricardo Pereira and Ryan Bertrand missing at fullback. I think one of James Justin or Ricardo would uh, be starting. With Castagna, who is fit, he, he, he's, um, he'd be starting as well. And then James Madison, as you all know, uh, is injured. Um, and so is Kin and Dewsbury Hall, who um, I think perhaps for fans outside of Leicester, perhaps don't realise how crucial he is um, to the way they play because he's so full of energy um, because he is so, yeah, he's so relentless in his pressing and he, he has that, that passion for the club because he came through the, the, the academy ranks. Um, he, he really is a crucial player and I think Leicester really missed him um, in, in the Fulham game, especially. Um, I think the, over the past year, Leicester's worst performances have typically been when he hasn't played. Um, that Bryson game I mentioned earlier, he didn't play in that game. Um, when they lost to Forest in the FA Cup last February, uh, he didn't start that game either. So, uh, yeah, he's a key player. Um, who did I miss? Dennis Pratt um, is not available. He's been filling in for Madison um, on the right-hand side, so he's not available either. And Bubakari Samare, um, who's probably, in most fans' eyes, overtaken Wilfred Ndidi as the sort of preferred choice at the base of midfield. Um, he's not fit either. He uh, got a hamstring injury in the, the Fulham game. He's out for the rest of the month now. So, yeah, eight injuries in total. Um, as I said, probably five that would be starting otherwise. So, yeah, it's, it's not a particularly exciting... Um, you know, the, uh, you know, when Leicester fans look at the team that, Les that the that Rogers picks tonight, I can't imagine there'll be much excitement around it um, because it does have so many players missing. Um, you know, I think is, it's a big. Sorry, does that, that mean? Does that mean um, it'll be you know obviously fringe players, or will he look to some of the youth players? Because again, in the FA Cup against Gillingham, wasn't it? There, there was I know the fullbacks were very young, and there were a couple of other youngsters thrown in. Was that done to allow? A stronger side tonight, or will some of those youngsters that played in the FA Cup also be given a chance tonight? I think that I think they'll probably be on the bench, and uh, they'll have to be included in the squad because they don't have enough senior players to, to fill it. But um, I think it was really to, to give them a, a rest. The whole of the back, the regular back four, um, were given the day off at Gillingham, so they'll all come back in. I imagine so that'd be Castagna, Amate, uh, Fass, and Luke Thomas. Uh, Javi Barnes got an afternoon off. He'll come back in as well. Um, I think the yeah, it's the fringe players really. I think two of Papi Mendy, Ayosi Perez, and Mark Albright, and two of those three will have to start. Um, which obviously you all know Ayosi Perez very well. Uh, I think the general consensus among Leicester fans was that he's you know they've now moved on from needing to use Perez week in, week out. Um, but because of their injuries, he has been one of the most consistent, uh, you know, inclusions in the starting 11 over the past couple of weeks um, because they don't have uh, enough players. So I imagine that's how they'll go. They'll either play Perez in midfield and then play all Bryson on the right-hand side or they'll play Mendy in midfield and then put Perez on the right. So that's kind of the, the only big decision. I think they've, they've still got all three strikers fit, Vardy, Dakar and Iheanacho. I think Dakar will probably start. Um, I think he's now considered uh, a 
above Vardy in the pecking order, I think because he's got a little bit more energy, he can run around a little bit more and, and chase higher at the top end of the pitch. I think there are still question marks over his general play. Um, but um, yeah, he does have the energy and the speed that Rogers likes. So yeah, they're their only real decisions that they have. Otherwise, the, the team sort of picks itself. You mentioned there the kind of potential expectation here at Newcastle about this game. Are the cup runs for Leicester a distraction to what has been a, a poor season? You know, without the cup runs, is Brendan Rodgers under a bit more pressure because the season hasn't gone in the league the way many would have hoped? Um, I don't think so. I think the, I think the, I don't think there's a lot of pressure there now. I think now they've come through the. I think going into the after the start they had where they they lost six and drew one of their opening seven games, um, then they obviously got the result at Forest and they started to turn around and they got up towards mid table. I think having gone through that run now, um, I, I think the pressure has relieved on on Rogers. I don't think the. I suppose the cups do bring a. a you know, it's nice to be able to have a you know a cup quarter final. Um, I know Leicester won the uh, won the FA Cup a couple of seasons ago, and this is actually their, their sixth quarter final under Rogers. Um, so it has become a more regular experience. But I don't think there's a feeling within the um, within the fan base that you know this is to be expected that Leicester are to you know to get this foreign competitions all the time. I think it is appreciated that they that they do managed to to get so regularly get to the last sort of last eight or last four um of competitions um so no I, and i don't think it's a a distraction in the sense that you know maybe they're thinking about looking over their shoulder in the premier league i do think they are in the relegation battle i mean that's clear from the the, the premier league table and how few points there are between them and, and the bottom three but i get the sense that they feel they'll be okay eventually in the Premier League. Um, so it's not like, oh, we could do without this quarterfinal because we need to be concentrated solely, you know, solely on the Premier League. They do have Nottingham Forest uh, on Saturday, uh, which is a huge game again. Um, but yeah, I think the, yeah, I think this is, this is seen as an opportunity really maybe to get into Europe again. You know, they've, they had two seasons in Europe, um, and the club have said before that that's what their ultimate aim is to be a regular competitor in Europe, as I'm sure it will be for, for Newcastle now. Um, and given how they've played in the league this season, this winning the Carabao Cup probably is their best route to doing so. So, um, yeah, I think they'll see it as an opportunity rather than a, rather than a distraction as such. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, listeners to this podcast will know we're having some uh, issues with the drilling downstairs and it's just begun there, so we will power on through, no pun intended, as best we can until the drilling uh, knocks us off broadcast. Um, can you just give our listeners, Jordan, a bit of insight into how Leicester was set up tonight, the way they'll, the way they'll play, the way they'll approach 
game. And I guess I would just you know assume the way they'll just try and shut Newcastle down. Will they take the game to Newcastle or will they say to Newcastle, yeah, have the ball and you, you come to us and, and see what you can do? Uh, I don't think they'll do that now, no. Maybe if the, the Boxing Day game hadn't been played, maybe. But I think now they will try to be proactive with the ball. Um, I think the generally their best routes to goal are through Barnes on the left. Um, he is probably their most dangerous player. You know, he's got the speed. He's very direct in his play. Um, I know he's been frustrating Leicester fans recently because he does run into trouble a little bit from time to time. But he is the... That's generally how they that their route to goal. Um, they'll set up in a sort of in a four three three ish, as you you could say. Um, they'll play. Uh, yes, yeah, so back four, as I mentioned earlier. I think the interesting thing may be if they if they do play Mendy at the base of midfield and play Indeedy further forward, uh, that which is they played Indeedy further forward at Liverpool the other week. Um, that seemed to work because it allowed Ndidi sort of freedom to press a little bit higher. I and, mean, you know, that's what he is best at. I think he's renowned at that, you know, making tackles and interceptions. I think he's one of the best in the league at that. Um, so to be able to do that further forward and put Newcastle's maybe deeper lying midfielders under a little bit more pressure rather than necessarily mark out, mark the, the attacking midfielders out of the game or the strikers. Um that would be an interest to see if, Le- if Leicester do go that route because I think that probably does make them... Um, well, it seems like it's a bit more of a defensive midfield. Um, you know, if you're playing Mendy and Ndidi there, I think the way Ndidi plays might make it uh, sort of... might push Leicester forward a little bit because they'll be pressing much higher. Um, Tielemans, of course, is the, is the man to... You know, from a Newcastle perspective, is the man to shut down because if Leicester are going to move the ball from defence through to the attack, it will go through him to do that. Um, so, yeah, he will be the he will be playing the passes forward. Um, Perez has done, to be fair, I know I spoke about Perez earlier, but he's done pretty well in parts. Um, and, he's you know, he's, he is quite good at, at getting, sort of ghosting into decent positions and getting on the ball. So he might be one that's receiving it to feet before it gets to Dakar and Barnes further forward. So, yeah, I don't. I think they they tend to lack a little bit of um, inventiveness in the final third. I would say. I think they probably, if anybody watched the second half of the the game on Boxing Day, where Leicester had a lot of the ball um, but didn't really do anything with it. That's kind of how they are when they don't have Madison on the pitch, um, because he he's the one that's got the. You know he's got the the vision and the the ability and the and also the willingness to try. I think and the willingness to fail. Um, I think sometimes there's a a feeling of not wanting to give the killer pass a go at Leicester for fear of it going wrong. Um, but possibly because the defence can be so shaky. You know, you know if you if you do try something a little bit more creative and it is cut out you are at risk then of being hit on the counter-attack. And I think sometimes there's a feeling that, oh, we can't let this defence be hit on the counter-attack because they'll struggle. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the 
with that without Madison, it, Tielemans becomes more important, and he tends to um, he tends to drop back a little bit these days, in the sense that when Castagna goes forward from right back, Tielemans will cover the gap. Um, but I don't think they can really without Madison. I don't think they can afford to let him drop too deep because they need somebody in a further forward position that can potentially open Newcastle up um, because we've all seen how good Newcastle are defensively this season. Um, you know, the, their structure is extremely good. Um, there seems to be a real understanding between the between the defenders and that it's very rare that gaps do appear. Um, so Leicester needs somebody further forward who is going to potentially unlock that and I, and I think that probably would be Tielemans. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how Leicester will go with it because... Um, I, they need to they need to tinker with how they usually play to try and um, get around the fact that they don't have Madison to to save them, basically. Mm, Madison strongly linked with Newcastle, as has Tielemans, so maybe one for the Newcastle scouts tonight to get a, a closer look on Tielemans. Obviously, Madison um, not available. What about the weakness? Where where would you say Leicester's biggest weakness is and, and, and somewhere if you were handing the secrets out to Eddie Howe, you would say this is the one uh, one weakness you really need to target to win this game? I do think... Um, I mean, I think if anybody's watched Leicester over the past few games, I think you'd probably say the centre-backs. Um, obviously, Amate and Fass were both pretty poor against Newcastle. Obviously, Amate conceding the penalty. Um uh, for that sort of wild kick on and Joel Linton. Um, and if anybody saw the Liverpool game, you saw fast score two sort of uh, slapstick own goals. But I generally think they're okay as a, as a centre back duo, and they tend to they t- do tend to have an understanding. I think they, I think over the top of Castagna tends to be. Um, Tends to be a route to goal because he tend he does tend to push forward a little bit more. So I don't know who Newcastle will have on the left, but um, yeah, if there's an early ball out to somebody on the left, there is you know there is potentially space there to exploit. As I said, Tielemans tends to drop back, but I don't know how he, you know how often he'll be able to do that uh, today. So that might be a route to goal. Um, I think Thomas struggled with Almiron uh, on Boxing Day. Um, I don't think he's a bad defender, Thomas, but I think you know he probably um, he can be he can be attacked or he can be got at. So um, I think that's probably a route to to goal. What I would say is that they tend to be um, less solid occasionally when Samare plays, and Samare has been playing quite regularly for Leicester because he's a little bit better on the ball. Um, so he's been playing at the base of midfield. He's, he's, you know, he's very good um, at carrying it forward, um, and he started to get better in his sort of progressive passing as well. But he tends to go missing at times, and that creates a gap in front of the um, the back four. But if Mendy plays there, um, that I don't think that'll be there because he's very safe in everything he does. He is quite good at sort of keeping to the right position. So there might be less gaps or fewer gaps, sorry, um, in front of Leicester's back four to exploit if, if Mendy is playing there. And maybe Ndidi as well, if you know, if he if he does play in the deeper position, um, you know, he, he tends to be he tends to marshal that area pretty well. So I would say probably 
either over the top of Castagna or by getting at uh, Thomas are probably the, the weak points. If they can cause some kind of disorganisation between the two centre-backs with decent movement, um, I think that could be... Uh, yeah, that could be a, a, a good route forward for Newcastle as well. I think the expectation is that will be Joe Linton out on the left with St. Maximum to come off the bench should should it need be. Um, not 100% sure whether he's actually going to be available St. Maximum, but regardless, it will, I think it will be St. Maximum over on the left, Miggy on the right, Callum Wilson up top. So, um, I mean, Joe Linton's just an absolute unit. You know, <laughs> you uh, you don't want him running towards you. He's, uh, he's I think, Newcastle's most consistent player this season and he had a really good game um, against Arsenal. He did all right against Sheffield Wednesday, despite the results. So I think he'll continue that form and um, you know really test the, the Leicester City defenders. Is there anyone that you're really looking? For? I, mean, I don't know. Really looking forward to seeing is the right question. Maybe fearing seeing in a black and white shirt tonight. Um, I think. Gimarash is Gimarash. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm sort of pronouncing it like the Portuguese football team, which I. You can just go Bruno to to, to go Bruno. see. Okay, yeah. So I think Bruno is a terrific player. I remember um, when what would it have been about? Um, oh, just over yeah, just over a year ago, coming towards um, the January transfer window last season. Um, and think, thinking that Tielemans might leave Leicester. I remember doing a piece um, looking at potential players to replace Tielemans from around Europe. And this was about two months before he signed for Newcastle. And I said, Bruno is the, the would be my pick. Bruno is would be the best player to potentially replace Tielemans. Um, and I think probably now, obviously with Newcastle being linked to Tielemans, but certainly... I'm sure Newcastle fans would tell me Tielemans wouldn't take Bruno's place in the team. Um, so, yes, I just think he's uh, he is one of those players that seems to be very good at everything. Um, and just the, the quality of his passing, um, you know, is extremely good in terms of the, the decision-making as well. He seems to know, I think, a lot of the, a lot of the time in terms of controlling a game, it's not knowing when to play the pass and who to play the pass to. Um, and he seems to get that spot on every time I, I've seen him play. And the fact that he's he's manages to be a goal threat at the same time. Um, and he seems to do his fair share of defensive work as well. Uh, yeah, there aren't, it doesn't really, I mean, you'll be able to tell me, it doesn't really seem like there are too many um, faults to his game. Um, so yes, I think he's, a, I, I do think he's a, a, he's a terrific player. And I think, um, but and I think maybe he's elevated um some of the players around him as well um it certainly seems that way obviously Newcastle's form seems to have it seemed to be his arrival where it, it, it tended to sort of it shot up and the and all the wind started coming um I'm sure how has improved some of those players as you say like Jolinton and, and Almiron as well um but I think when you've got a player as good as Bruno on the pitch um it does tend to lift the game as some of the some of the players um, if they can get on his wavelength, and, and I think obviously with with how well Newcastle have been playing, I think that's it's quite clear that they have done that. So, yeah, he's he would be the he would be the one. Um, but you know, it, it feels like all of the Newcastle players are in decent form. Um, so uh, 
yes, uh, I'm hoping that Leicester can, <laughs> they'll have to shut down 11 players uh, and not just one. Well, that's where we'll finish. How will tonight go? What will the score be? Um, I will say that um, uh, I could try to be optimistic, but I do think Newcastle will win. Um, I don't think it will be as comfortable as the Boxing Day game, so I will say 2-1 uh, to Newcastle. We'll certainly take that. Jordan, thank you very much for popping on today. Everything is Black and White no Podcast. Problem. Safe travels up to Tyneside. To you guys watching live, thank you very much for tuning in and you guys listening on the podcast. Please remember to like and follow the podcast and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where we'll bring you all the latest Newcastle United news through our dedicated Transfer Live blog and live coverage of tonight's game against Leicester City in the EFL Cup.